Welcome back, my beloved cartel, to another episode of Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, Davey Wavy, and tonight I got Stefano back on the show once again, your token Freemason. But you know what? You can't look at it that way. Like, don't be so one-sided. Um, we had a lot of stuff to discuss today, um, including... Um, healing in the body uh, natural healing and uh, music uh, we discussed the occult of music and uh, his band the android meme uh, I highly implore you to check it out on Spotify if you can they have one album called Order Apkeo you know get it in you man you know if you like rock or progressive metal you'll like it I'm, I guarantee it uh, but yeah, we discuss a whole lot of shit here, so I really hope you enjoy it, and as much as I did, and uh, yeah, let's kick it into high gear here, and uh, you know what to do, smoke a dube, crack open a beer, drink it, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, thank you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, Davey Wavy, and I have my reoccurring uh, guest here, uh, Stefano Emilio. How's it going, brother? Good. How are you, my friend? Good. Didn't make it sound very genuine. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I am great. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, man. Uh, this thing is uh, rolling out now, and I love doing it, and I'm just glad to have you back because... There's always great conversations going on with you and I, so. Yeah, and you're really militant about uh, making sure you fill up your schedule, so that's good. Yeah, it's cool, man. And as, as soon as I put that out there, it's like, boom, December's filled. Nice. <laughs> that, so, eh? yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. So, yeah. So, uh, Stefano and I, audience, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, – I was talking about, like, correcting your own vision uh, without glasses and I've heard numerous testimonies about it where you can do eye exercises and things like that to try to correct your own vision without, you know, having to pay out of your pocket and shit or your benefits to get uh, eyeglasses and stuff like that. And then we kind of went on a little bit of a tangent and I want, and I stopped him so that uh, he could uh, go further into what he was saying. And I stopped him because it was interesting. So uh, where were we on that one? Well, okay, so what happened was we were talking about the eyesight thing and training the eye, um, and that that led to uh, basically, you know, talking about, like, doing good things, like healthy like choices. Med- oh, you, yes, meditation, exactly. That's right. You asked yeah. me about meditation, and I said, you know, I used to. I used to do a lot of good things. And then I basically ran a tangent onto the COVID shutdown, and basically what my point was going to be as I – explained how the first uh, three weeks were kind of like, even the first two weeks, I should say, uh, you know, it was, was a test period of trying to determine and decipher whether it was truly a dangerous virus or was it all, you know, like a, you know, like kind of a hoax or something in between. But it really wasn't until the third week that I was, you know, way more convinced. And then, of course, the whole hashtag empty hospital thing started going on, right? And you had all these videos, People talking yeah. to EMS people, walking to hospitals, people coming out saying, yeah, I don't know, man. 
Like, there's not much going on here, right? That's the thing. Like, I was expecting to see people, like, fucking dropping dead all around me. Well, and that's I what we saw. That's what we saw on TV because they were running those, well, those yeah. videos from China, supposedly, right? Which, but those were all bogus, too. They were all hoaxes. Yeah, and I had... Uh, sorry. I had uh, my friends at work, me and my friends at work, like a couple of them who were still not vaccinated, right? Because we refuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we were we were predicting. All of us were, all three of us were predicting everything that was going to happen through our own intuition. And sure enough, all this shit started happening, like the mandates and all that shit. I'm yeah. like, yeah. watch, you're not going to be able to fucking get a job. You're not going to right. do this. That's right. And, 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 and nothing. Yeah, and and right away it was like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorists. So they could never do that. Oh, they could never do that. And the same people that are like all for it right now, that they're like so happy, like they're just so freaking content to to invite their own, like invite in their own slavery. Like it's, you know, like they they were the ones that were like, oh no, it's against the law. You crazy conspiracy theorists. Like they would never do that. And then a government right. you know, actually goes ahead and starts to do it, and and oh, it just made them so happy. Yeah, it's like, and now I saw this one video uh, from like a rapper or a rap group or whatever in Australia, and it was like a female rapper, and she's like just bouncing around saying, yeah, the science works, blah, 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 and we got to vax everybody, and it's like, oh my god, like this shit's still going on? Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get that mindset, you know? Like, it, the vaccine is like it doesn't even work. You got all these no. people who are vaccinated and they're yeah. still like, yeah. Maybe the vaccine is making you sick because I haven't been sick in four years. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot going on, right? Because there's so much cognitive dissonance, right? Because on the one hand, to justify the fact that they got it and their precious scientism, um, they have to kind of like you know be uh, to defend it. Also to act like they're scared of people who are unvaxxed, which goes against the point of like, if you trust the vaccine and you're all about your scientism and I don't want to say science because it's not necessarily science. um, They have to, they have to defend it. But at the same time now, they also have to defend the idea that getting their boosters is a good thing and isn't a sign of the fact that the vaccines don't work, even though the whole point of the booster is because the vaccines don't work. Right, so it's they're not- kind of stuck. They're stuck between <clears throat> this a rock and a hard place. Now it's like, do they admit to the fallibility of scientism and Fauci and and you know government uh, mandates, or and or do they kind of like give into the idea that oh my god, like how how could we possibly be wrong? How is this possible? Right. And join us because imagine they actually were on our side. Oh my God. Like they can't do that. Right. They have to, they define themselves by being against people who want freedom for some reason. Like, um, you remember, um, oh, geez, what was I going to say? There was a story about masks. Anyway, you know what? If I remember, we'll come back to it. Okay. Um, so where was this leading? Like when we initially started this conversation, I was I, I was just going to talk about the fact that uh, wow, you're good, good job, man, bringing us back back on track. Um, <laughs> so where it was leading to is the idea that you know once the mind calmed down a little bit, my wife and I we were able to kind of focus 
and get into a really, really good eating uh, regimen and mostly a keto style. And we were working out and it was like my first time working out in years. You know what I mean? As well. So we like, we got really, really good, like really healthy, looked great, whatever. And then, uh, you know, as soon as we, we started going back to work several months later, um, that's when, and doing onset hours, especially in the film industry is there's so much food around. Um, and yeah, man, you just yeah, you gotta, you gotta get lost. Yeah. And you just kind of like, you're tired. You're working these long hours and you get home and it's really hard to like do anything when you get home. And sometimes it's hard to get up that extra bit early. You know, some people can really do it. And the times we've done it, but to keep it consistent anyway, at some point kind of went off the rails. And now it's like, we're at the point now of kind of getting back on track. Right. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. all the good stuff that you should be doing, like meditating and eating properly and all that shit. Like I don't really, I mean, yeah. I have Crohn's, right. But like, it's hard, man. It's really hard. Like you, you get so caught up in your fucking day, day to day routine. It's just like, how am I going to fucking prep my meals and shit? If I want to eat properly, like it's almost, what do you do? What do you do for your Crohn's? Um, uh, well, I take, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, Mm -hmm. which is like a, uh, anti-inflammatory, but, uh, over the years it's, it's kind of like, no, thank you. Thankfully. No. Okay. Uh, it's just just kind of like a like a neutralizer, acid neutralizer, and an anti-inflammatory all in one kind of thing. I see. But like I've had, you like, could totally get off that and totally heal yourself if you really want oh, I, to. I know. Right? I'm just horrible with right? fucking smoking. Yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it it's it's takes quite a bit of commitment. That's the problem. It does, and the thing is, is that you know, our day-to-day routines are in the way for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Ultimately it's, it's day-to-day routines. Um, and it's just a lack of having that mental energy for, to be disciplined to do it. So right. sometimes you get in a rut. Um, but once you really find your why, I guess, as, as they call it, when you like your motivation, when, when you really truly lock into it, you can do it. Right. Like in some things just end up snapping like me quit smoking, you know, like um, it was one of those things where just somehow I was just able to do it really easily. I just was ready. I was ready. You know, like you just have to be you have to be ready for it. Yeah, man. Like uh, mentally. uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and spiritually, you know, like yeah, I got, sure. I, a lot of the spirituality I got, but like when it comes to the physicality, it's like, fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think there's quite a few people like that actually too. Oh like, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's yeah. all a balancing act, right? Listen, unfortunately, some people it takes a real scare. Like sometimes yeah. people need to be scared into doing the right thing and, and, and a lot of people heal and, and overcome those. Not everyone does, but a lot of people do. And, and maybe that's part of their journey as well. Like that's kind of part of like, that's what it took to wake them up. And, you know, uh, to bring us back to our current situation of what we're seeing happening right now, the pain, the precipice that we, f- we find ourselves, you know, peering over. Or, um... I hope you didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Partially. <laughs> yeah, just let one rip on air. All right, let's go, guys. <laughs> Keeping it clean. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we find ourselves on this precipice too, right? And this is a waking up moment. This is kind of like uh, a gut check moment, right? This is uh, a time for us to reevaluate and you know our reality and 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 what we're made of and what we're willing to do and sometimes it doesn't require a lot but it requires something that's steady and consistent staying strong is very difficult in the face of all very, of this very right? much Just like so. yeah the discipline like yep to say no Getting, and the discipline to to get your ass into gear to to do good they're very very hard to sustain yeah, like for me, like I I lack energy a lot of days, some days because of uh, because of my illness, and I hate saying that I have an illness because I know one big part of it is saying, "Do not own your illness," right? Oh yeah, don't claim it, don't claim don't, it, right? That's right, don't let it own you, or technically. Really. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's like if I don't let it own me, then I have to do the work to fucking heal it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, and here's the thing, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not a lot of work, right? It's actually uh, the negation of work in a sense. It's like, it's more about what you're not putting into you. It's more about what you're not supposed to do sometimes rather than you have to do a lot. Actually, right. don't, but see, this. don't drink that, right? Get sleep. And then add fresh fruits and vegetables, probably a lot of really, really good cruciferous vegetables. See, the, the thing, the problem with me, though, is that, like, I've tried all these things, like, fucking probiotics, uh, juicing. Yeah, but no, but it takes time. When, listen, Crohn's, I have an issue, too, okay? I've got damage. Um, I took Accutane when I was, like, 20. Um, oh, yeah, you up, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, I think we might have talked about this in our first interview or something, but um, but yeah. So I, I know what it's like, man. And 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 you know, I did heal it really well for a few years, and then old habits, and then further damage. But it just takes like honestly a good six to eight months um, to really kind of get yourself in a good position, and then it's maybe another year to kind of put you in uh you know like really i don't want to say like 100 percent healing because it depends how far along and how much the damage is but if you do the right things the body finds a way man right so it's just time it's just time and and it's not like it'll take 20 years but truth be told like if if you're gonna keep it healed you pretty much gotta change forever in a sense right? yeah especially if it's something like cancer Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, but by the time you get to a certain level and how you feel, chances are most people who've really had amazing long-term success will always say that once you get to a certain point, it's like you, you don't feel like ever going back. Right? Yeah. Because uh, actually I just saw a uh, interview, well, not an interview, but a conversation between Steve-O and uh, yeah. Jonathan Davis from Corey. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were talking about meth addiction, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, Jonathan Davis got hooked on meth, like, before he got into the band, right? I and, knew he had some issues, yeah. Yeah, dude. And um, I couldn't remember what, what drug it was, but, you know. Yeah, it was, it was meth, dude. And uh, he was talking about how, like, you know, 
I can't even because he's 22 years now uh, sober from yeah. that. And um, he said to Steve-O, he's like, I can't, it fucking makes me sick when I think about it. Like all the shit that oozes out from your body when you take that shit. And, um, you know, and then you get like the, the paranoid psychosis where there's like people walking around you and there's nobody there in reality. Right. Yeah. And you're talking to them and shit. And Steve-O was, and, and Jonathan was like, yeah, dude, like when I, I knew how, like when to stop, uh, when I, when that happened. Right. And Steve-O was like, nah, dude, see, I enjoyed the psychosis. He's like, I'd be fucking talking to people. <laughs> and they're laughing. It was a great interview, right? It was funny. Yeah. I've seen some funny uh, interviews with yeah, Steve-O. Yeah. Well, fuck. He's fucking funny. And Jonathan Davis was laughing his ass off too in this interview. Right. But uh, yeah, it's just like he's a smart yeah. guy. Oh yeah, man. Fuck Jonathan me. Davis, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he is totally, and he's one of us, um, right? So he's a truth yeah, seeker. Right? Exactly. He's been, he's been interviewed on, on Alex Jones several on the floor several times. He's yep doing a know, lot someone... of shadow work, man. His band, yeah. him writing his lyrics and his music is him doing his shadow work, right? That's right. His their music is so dark, but at the same time, like I I oft I have a friend uh, who's going through a mental illness right now, and I sent her uh, a corn song that mm. she can relate to, and she's like, "Holy you shit!" Her? Uh, Black is the soul. Mm. It's off Serenity Serenity of Suffering. Oh, okay, I never, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard it in the last two or three oh, albums. It's badass, dude. They're yeah. so good. I've been really into corn lately. Um, I don't know why. I just got back into. I them. just can't. I can't deal like the one aspect of corn that I never was able to sustain. Like, because I got, I I would get into them a bit, and I've seen them a couple times. Um, is just the bass because they're playing in in most of the time. Oh, like, fieldy. A. Yeah, it's 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 too clangy for me. Over and over, too much. I yeah, need. I, I love it though. <laughs> I I know I know, and it's so stylistic, and it's so them, right? Like. You can't like no other band can really do that because it's like it's just it's become such a them thing that it's like, oh, I can't imagine. Like there's just some things you don't do. You can borrow a little bit, right? You can be influenced, but uh, you can't rip off completely. Yeah. Even though, even though I must say, if anyone who's ever seen me perform live, um, like yeah, if you know, there, there's predominantly I'd say two. Uh, front men that like style wise that I think if you were to pay attention you'd be like you'd probably be able to name the two just by just by watching some clips of me it's funny what uh what two would you say well it's it's a guessing game you're gonna have to uh, figure okay, it okay. out cool figure That's, it out yeah and then we'll be talking about it another time the enigmatic yeah, singer likes to copy people that you, you can figure <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. How about this? Um, I I would tell stories in between songs, right? So who used to do that? So Jim Morrison would kind of do that. Peter Gabriel did that quite a bit, especially with Genesis, oh, yeah. but he, in, even in solo, like. Um, so I did a lot of that. I spoke. Um, like when you have a microphone on a stage. Like it, it does give you a sense of power, right? You have control, especially sure. if you're good and, and you're really good with an audience and you can kind of command an audience. Um, 
like how you speak is is really like super important so you can either like lull people in in, in like a hypnotic type way of speaking kind of like you know what uh, hypnotists do um you can want to have, have a lot of energy and fire people up in a different way right but like hitler <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah but hitler was once again like he studied oration he studied certain dramatic, you know, certain uh, dramatic poses and to emphasize it. And, and he took a lot of his cues from Mussolini, right? Like, um, right. but there, it's true. And in a sense, performance is like that, especially, but you have the ability now to kind of like, you've got the voice, people are, are there, you're on a stage so automatically that kind of puts you above someone in a, not in reality, but on, on a, in that moment, in, in that in that thing, you're you're the the object of of a, of what's to be observed, in terms of sure. the attention, right? The core attention of the circumstance. If you're a, a, any type of performance, um, so yeah, so how you speak. So I definitely chose to do a lot more of the the very hypnotic type tones, and then tell the story, and then kind of if I really wanted to get in and, and fire it up, then at the last second before the song. I would like kind of go off on something a little bit more upbeat and kind of like screamy to kind of like, you know, just to kind of rev it up for a second. But playing with that is a lot of fun, I have to say. And it was one of the things that actually I felt really addicted to in, in for, you know, perform, performing with my band and stuff. It really was like really fun to kind of to play and, and kind of work with the energies of the room. And you'll talk to bands and performers and you feed off that, right? Like this is wonderful energy exchange such an awesome experience well that's what i love about going to fucking uh, specifically uh metal or rock shows where it's just like you look around dude and you can talk to anybody there you know what i mean because it's like a little mini like a little mini brotherhood you know yeah there aren't aren't too many assholes yeah like in a personal to person circumstance like even with crowd surfing and stuff you find people like if something happens generally immediately people kind of like spring into spread help. out yeah, yeah and, right? it happened so, to me man i i fell when i saw faith no more in like 95 dude i was like fucking 16 years old yeah uh but i was crowd surfing and i fell and everybody spread out in a circle and they picked me up and then they went back in and I was like, holy fuck, this is how it works. This is awesome. You know, that was one of my first <laughs> big concerts I went to too, as well. So yeah. after that, it was like, boom, 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 concert, 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 concert after concert. Right. I'm trying to think uh, my first, I, I remember what my first concert was and I'm really embarrassed to say it now. Uh, my first was it, concert. Was it Hanson? No, it was you too. It was you too. I'm not. A, oh, okay. I, I, I really like you two music, um, overall, because um, you know they're pretty talented. But I'm not a big fan of of Bono. So um, yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm more of a, a, a an edge guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, like yes, I would say just pers- personal like personality and, and things that Bono's associated with. Not a big fan. Um, but um but yeah that was my first show that was the um the what tour was that pop mart pop mart tour okay i remember that yeah yeah so that's like 95 96 if i'm not mistaken i think so I, yeah around I, there. I, I think i was in grade 10 grade 10 oh grade 11 i was in grade 11 so that should be yeah 96 i think 95 96 anyway um yeah um 
Yeah, dude. Um, what uh, what bands do you like that um, that uh, have a lot of like, or or maybe bands that you know of that that use the occult in their uh, song, either songs or their cool. writing structure? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, cool, like a lot, um, and and in such wonderful, beautiful ways. Um, Absolutely. So does Mudvayne does. Yep. Um, they're another really interesting, super highly intelligent band. Um, trying to think who else. What about Zeppelin? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Jimmy. Of course, Crowley. right? He was obsessed. Yeah, Jimmy, with he lives at Crowley's fucking man. Well, he mansion, did. Right? He, he did for a while. Yeah, he he bought the house for a while, sold it years ago, and the house actually ended up getting. Um, demolished or, or or something like that oh recently. did it i didn't know that a fire or something happened there was something that happened to it recently oh he's probably uh fucking a goat in a lit on fire <laughs> pentagram or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it sorry nigel <laughs> oh <laughs> so um yeah but then then you got the beatles Ooh. too and you got you got uh, yeah. crowley is at the crowd right and, yeah, Coley, uh, Sergeant Coley Pepper. Was, that's right. He was one of the faces uh, chosen. And Sergeant Pepper. Uh, that's right. And Sergeant Pepper. That's like their one of their most mysterious albums, right? So um, deciphering like all those people uh, and and all the issues of that, you know surrounding the death of the possible death of 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 Paul, Paul McCartney. Right? That's right. Yeah. So Fall and Paul and and all the shit that's you know all over that is and. Now getting also also into the idea of was the Tavistock Institute behind the Beatles, right? Because there's oh, shit. A, there's a lot of interesting correlations and and people that were involved with bringing the Beatles to the U.S. and all this other stuff and and basically cultivating them as kind of like a a true uh, British invasion, so to speak. Um, although to me, it's still the same you know, cabal in a sense. Um, sure. But um, using the, cause you know, are you familiar with the Tavistock Institute? A little bit. Can you give me like a brief reminder and then I'll probably be like, Oh yeah. So the Tavistock Institute uh, was born out of, um, born out of the second world war, if I'm not mistaken, could have been slightly before then, but it was definitely, it was kind of like a, an offshoot of, of, of intelligence, military intelligence, but more into um, more into the the psychology of influence. Okay, and do they have anything to do? Sorry, did they have anything to do with Operation Paperclip or no? Yeah, more than likely, one hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that they that they also ended up working with a lot of the ones that the Americans and the quote unquote the Allies, you know, imported. Now, of course, paperclip generally refers to mostly just the ones that ended up in the U.S. But but the Brits in the U.K. would have definitely taken them. And and Tavistock, you know, it was not wasn't a government actual a government institution. It it, it was you know. Um, supposedly a private uh, institution um, and and research. It, group, it sounds so to, to me like it sounds to me like academic almost. Yeah, yeah. You, under the guise of academic, but okay. Um, often, kind of think of them kind of like as a third party. Um, what, well, how would I call them? 
You know, you would outsource. The government wanted to outsource mind control, <laughs> basically. Um, okay. They would hire secretly or, or someone with whatever uh, agenda. doesn't even have to be government. It probably, you know, uh, go through Tavistock um, and they kind of, you know, would, would manifest what you needed, so to speak. And a lot of times it was through pop culture. And um, the Beatles are one of the bands that, that they supposedly were heavily involved with, as well as Theodore Adorno. Um, Adorno. Was like, Adorno, Theodore Adorno. Adorno. It's so much better to say it with an Italian accent. Adorno. <laughs> of course. Adorno. Adorno. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's a whole thing. Because a lot of people thought that he actually wrote a lot of the lyrics or something. I and mean, that's kind of hard to tell. Like when, when you start getting into that, it's like there's something to it. He did have an influence somehow. Uh, but it's all over the Internet. You can look into it. And, and it does seem to have some merit to some degree. To some degree. So, so, what was the uh, relate? Did did the Beatles have a relationship with Crowley or no? So he was the, they, he was just influencing them from afar, an, right? An icon, yeah, and he was already well dead, right? So it wasn't like, you know, so, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was just, um, and I'm trying to remember. I'm and even in the even in the. Like, the gatefold of uh, Sergeant Peppers. I remember having it when I was a child. What year did Sergeant Peppers come out? Sixty-seven. Ah, oh, something like that. Yeah. But when you open up the gatefold, it shows all the Beatles dressed in their like uh, regalia. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're doing that the hand signals, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's fucking wild, man. And then Paul is kind of like the one who's turning his back, I think, or something like that, or something. And there's right. And then he also has the OPP badge, and it was said that the guy who replaced the dead, uh, real Paul McCartney, supposedly real McCartney that died, um, was was a, a lookalike guy from from Canada, right? So from Canada, oh shit, yeah, yeah, supposedly. That's wild, eh? Fuck that. Yeah, that dude, if you go down that rabbit hole, it is it is seriously convincing. It is the whole seriously mu- convincing. The whole music rabbit hole for me is fascinating. Oh, like isn't it? How, how they change the frequencies and all that shit to like four th- from yeah, four thirty two to four forty hertz. Yeah, man. It's amazing. And it makes a lot of sense, man, you know? The average person probably doesn't couldn't hear the difference. Right, but what effect does it have on your on your brain, right? That's right, yeah. And 432 is just an actual proper, it's like, I think, the ideal for a harmonic uh, balance. Like, it's just, and if you do, you can hear it. It, it is way more, br- there's more brilliance. There's more. It's more uh, vibrant. Yeah, something about it just, just resonates um, much more. And I heard, yeah, and I also heard the other day about how, like, Jimi Hendrix was to, uh, tooling around with the, the proper frequency, and that's why he was offed, apparently. Um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, interesting. I, I um, His manager definitely had something to do with it because um, there was a whole, a whole slew of information on that angle. Uh, but that could be it, right? That could be part of it, too. Yeah, definitely. 
And the whole 27 club is fucks me up too, man. That is interesting. And Dude. yeah. And they all kind of, a lot of them have uh, parents or a very close family member that was uh, in the American military. Right. Just like, uh, like Jim Morrison, for example, his father. Yeah. It was an admiral. His father had something to do with the uh, Pearl Harbor attack. I believe so. Yeah. Fucking wild, man. Right. And did you hear that thing about how Jim Morrison, like, faked his death and he came back as Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> if you look at Rush Limbaugh, he looks like a fat Jim Morrison, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Come on. <laughs> but 10, 15, no, 15 years ago, there was some guy on the internet that came out, apparently. It was back when MySpace was still around. So he had a MySpace page. And um, and basically, he came out that he was Jim Morrison. And he was like, I can't remember how old he would have been at that time. Probably 60-something, 15 years ago, maybe more. I don't know. Um, and um, and it was the guy looked really close. Like, he looked like a much like a thinner, leaner, older Jim Morrison. And it, it looked really good. Not great enough to, to convince me, per se. But yeah. but I could see how some people because some people don't have really good facial acuity, and it's one of the aspects of like the whole Q uh, thing that really upsets me is that like, people like posting all these memes and spreading and you know spreading these memes and I'm looking at these pictures and they're two pictures and they're trying to compare, you know, it's like the photo and it's like oh my god that that is not JFK Jr. Please don't even like you know like, <laughs> right it's like like. Yeah, you know what? Cool. If he's alive, amazing. I would love it. Um, Dude, that'd but, be fucking awesome. Absolutely. And listen, if you really look into the, the circumstances of the whole entire scenario of his supposed death, like it, he still could be. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, I'm just saying that 90% of all the pictures, if not 99, if not all, of anything we've seen, or that has been spread is 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 false. Like some people think that that Waddle Savin was was um, was JFK Jr. Right, and uh, I'm and I'm not sure if you if you recognize who that is. His real name is uh, Wayne R. Willett, I believe, and um, he used to go by W. But in the last few years, he's been going as Waddle Savin or Savin, something like that. Yeah, yeah, very like well-spoken guy, very convincing. Um, some in- interesting people have kind of like, you know, uh, verified him, I guess you could say vouched for him. Um, he was one of the only people, um, actually the only guy that before January 20th predicted that, oh, that Biden would take office. Whereas, um, you know, a large portion of what was going going around was was that uh in fact you know they were going to basically do a mass arrest or something would have happened for january 6 or or whatever but he said no it's all going to go through and he's going to become president right because people have to see they have to feel the pain and he was one of the only guy so i i definitely because of that alone i kind of like be like "Mm, everyone else was saying the complete opposite he was the only guy that was you know in the forefront that was predicting something different. That was saying, so, no, this is going to happen. You know? Yeah, he, he didn't yeah. go with, with you know what everyone wanted to hear. Dude, I that's, remember... That's how like, you grift, right? That's how you grift. Right, right. <laughs> uh, 
fuck, I kind of want to go like more into the music thing. Let's do it. But I want. I also ask. I want to ask you if you knew know anything about uh, uh, the supposed new Queen of Canada 2.0. Oh um, yeah, that's garbage. Absolute garbage. Don't even. Yeah, like like seriously, man. Like people, people. Like I said, it, it's the same thing. It's what people want to hear. Yeah, exactly. And, and they just they just tell people what they want to hear. Right and people, it's that hope tickling, um, tickling, so, tickling people's ear pussies. That's right, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that's kind of like, you know, that's one thing that everyone's just we, are, you know, we all got to be careful. And you can have hope. You can look into things and have a certain sense of um, optimism, um, but but don't. You know, like don't put all your eggs in that basket and just you know sit around and 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 wait and for walk. something. To come. Yeah. That's right. You know, there's we got to do as much as we can to prepare for the worst at the same time, right? Within reason, of course. Sure. I'm not saying that you know we should all strap uh, AR-15s to ourselves and and freak the f out, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, definitely like- not. I'm definitely saying don't do that. Yeah, I was just wondering about your opinion on that. Um, but uh, anything like that, um, I, I my red flags go up right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Listen, man, uh, I believe in self defense, one hundred percent. It's justified by natural by natural law. But any any anything that becomes kinetic in that sense. And um, I honestly, I violence sh- is the last. Yeah, absolute last. I resort. feel that Romana, I feel that Romana was riding right off the fucking coattails of Q. Absolutely, and people are taking yeah. advantage of it, dude. That whole that whole community, I'm gonna say, is about seventy five percent to eighty percent grift. Okay, yeah. there's a lot of good information in there. Right, but it is buried in so much shit. So, and and that's part of the psyop too, right? That's part of the positive <clears throat> aspect of the psyop because, you know, I think a lot of people have to kind of be forced to. Not everyone will, because some people just will go along with everything, but they have to kind of be forced to 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 improve their discernment, their level of discernment. You know, hundred percent. So yeah, we'll leave that there. So let's get into music again because I think, you know, I'm very passionate about music. Um, but uh, what is it about music that like really hooked you in? Like, how early of an age were you when you were like, "Oh my god, I'm like obsessed with music"? Uh, music was first became a uh, kind of like a nostalgic influence so uh for me my earliest earliest memories of actual like music like pop music rock music was on my way to and from junior kindergarten right you know in the car with my mom and the radio would be on and um songs like um walking on sunshine or whitney houston stuff would you know what i mean like what what was ever was popular in the the uh, the mid to late '80s, and um, <laughs> freaking um, Jefferson Starship, you know, yeah, we built this city. Love that song. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so stuff like that. So like, 
I just, for me, music is always really, and it still is to this day, it is extremely nostalgic. It will put me in a, a certain state. It'll bring me to a certain point of where I was when that type of music was really important and influential to me, right? Absolutely. It's like time traveling when you hear a song. That's right. And um, for me, like, um, I became interested in music as, like, on a more intellectual or, or uh, expression level um, into my te- early teen years because my uncle was really into Genesis and a lot of 70s and 60s prog and, as well. And so um, I heard a lot of, of Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, Genesis, Yes, um, stuff like that when I was a kid. And my uncle was also a drummer. So I used to watch him practice and play to that type of music too. So I kind of, you know, kind of got influenced with that as well. And then from there, I think the real cataclyst to want to make music um, was, was when I got into like Nine Inch Nails. Cause that was a huge, like Nine Inch Nails was like my absolute favorite band for a good 10 years of my life, probably. That's awesome. And were yeah. you one of those, uh, I often I wasn't Manson-ite a nails. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No. I, I dabbled in it very briefly, but I never really went full Mansonite goth. No. It's I it's never funny. was too into the black lipstick or you know, I dyed my hair black. I had long hair. Sometimes I would have red or purple streaks. Um, you know, I used to show up like uh, I was in high school on civvies days because I went to a Catholic high school. I would wear PVC pants and, and uh, a mesh <laughs> fucking, um, you know, mesh shirts and stuff like that. And there weren't a lot of like, there was maybe three or four goth type kids in my high school at the time. And I was probably the oldest one at the time. And because um, I would have been grade 11 when I really got into that. And uh, yeah, into like Nine Inch it, Nails. You, Nine Inch Nails, I got into uh, earlier on, grade ten, end of mid grade nine into grade ten. Um, shortly after my grandmother passed away, and um, and that was a huge thing for me. And then Marilyn Manson after that, so I really was definitely into Manson as well. But at the same time, there was Corn, there was. STP, there was, you know, White Zombie, there was um, Depeche Mode, um, Joy Division, like, but centrally, like, if I had to, like, pick one band, and, like, Tool, I didn't even really get into Tool, really hardcore, probably till like, 98, no, maybe 99, 2000. It was, you know, a little bit when Anima came out, but it wasn't until, like, Lateralis was the album that truly made me like a huge tool fan and then i kind of depart departed away from nine inch nails and moved in from like more of a visceral emotional uh depressive type music into more um more intellectual uh, and it's still emotional but i think it's a smart emotional you know it's like an explore like uh, i don't know how to describe it like um, more more progressive styles right a mature mature yeah it's just a, yeah. a more intelligent mature type of of music um you know and same with i would say even same with a perfect circle although it's a different um 
a different little, you know, it's a different style, obviously. Uh, but even lyrically, I find that, you know, Maynard's lyrics for Tool um, tend to kind of go in one little bit more of, you know, is a different direction than when, what he tends to do with a perfect circle. I always had a crush for, on Pez. On who? On Pez? Uh, yeah, Paz. Paz, Paz. Player. Yeah, that's right. The first, the first bass player, the original yeah. from Argentina, I believe she was from or something. But I was like, oh, <laughs> Paz, that's right. It's been so long. Watching right. a chick play the fucking bass is like she doesn't have I've to be the hottest. Funny story about her. <laughs> okay, I go met on. them. I met them except for Maynard, and I got a really funny story about about trying to meet Maynard too. Um, but um, yeah, so it was summer salt. 2001, 2002, Somersault. Um, that was it. And, um, and a perfect circle were one of the headliners. And they sprung up and had like a last minute autograph session. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. And so the whole band, except for Maynard, of course. Right. And so I got to kind of like chit chat a little bit with them and got some autograph stuff done. But funny enough, I, I went to go meet. Paz, I can remember her name. Yeah, and uh, she's very like she's she's like you know she was a very um very uh, chill, um not very outgoing. Like she she came across as semi shy, kind of like uh, how to how to describe it nice, but maybe a, the language barrier could be an issue. She spoke English, but uh, but the funny thing was that she had a hair on her chest. <laughs> and it threw me off like growing like, yeah you know like it's you know, you know as a guy like maybe you're starting to have hair growing out of your ears or it's like you'll catch that one it's like oh shit I and, you're, pluck and, that you're like, off. and you're like she's not plucking that off or yeah <laughs> dude it was a curly it wasn't like it was like a little like you know it, it was a curly and I'm sitting there going I'm like <laughs> You know, yeah, I figure I'm like maybe 1920 at the time. Uh, oh, maybe, even, yeah, something like that. You know, total and, and, boner killer. Yeah, because <laughs> then I started like, okay, if she's got that, is does she have hairy armpits as well? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Right. That's fucking funny, dude. Right. <laughs> it's funny when you notice little things like that about people, and you're just like. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid little hair. Ultimately, it means nothing, right? But maybe she funny. never. It's funny. She probably never too, noticed. Yeah. Going, I think we're going too deep in the fucking chest hair thing. I know. <laughs> oh, fuck, I like it when fun. you laugh. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a great radio laugh. It's amazing. Thanks, man. Uh, it's natural, you know. I I, I do this all, every day, all day, you know. Laugh do you at have, everything. Do you have to smoke a certain amount of cigarettes before you can do your show, or no? That's awesome. Oh no, um, no, it's just me, man. You know. That's Ask awesome. anybody that knows me; they'll know I laugh at everything. I've even accused of that when I was in like fucking grade three or four when people were telling me you laugh at everything. And I'm like, is that a bad thing? Like, yeah, no, damn it. <laughs> I don't know, it's man. Good for the soul, man. 
Yeah, I'm just boisterous and I laugh at everything. Fuck, I tell That's jokes right. all the time and whatever, man. Um, who? Yeah. So, um, other occult things in music that you like or well, that everything you- about music is occult. If it you is, think about right? it, the it whole is. idea of re- recording sound frequencies, putting them together to elicit enjoyment, so you're trying to elicit a response. So, to like, music is mind control. No matter how you slice it, it's True. it's it's one way or the other. It's manipulation, right? But it's it's a manipulation that has and can can be both malevolent or benevolent right so um you could be writing in a song and that that's uh, a cult oriented in terms of using certain aspects like certain uh frequencies like we mentioned before um certain tones certain chords certain uh, the way uh, the, the progression of the chords uh, or the rhythm like tool tool lyrically and rhythmically i'd say really have a lot of kind of like they express a lot of the through the the time signatures um creating a sense of hypnosis and and even the the vocal style if you notice maynard can be very very low-key um in the way he structures his verses and then he kind of comes in a certain way uh with choruses but there there's a certain type of 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 um of of play between the way the instrumentation goes with with the lyrics and the vocals and they, they do such a good job, but all music, you make a pop song, right? Like a B like Abacab, right? If you think about it, right. A, oh B, my God. Right. Cause Abacab is, is, is the, is the structure of a pop song, right? When you study um, music and stuff, like, especially when you study like pop, like I did a, a course at York taught by Rob Bowman. Um, yeah. Grammy award winning. No shit. I think he's got Academy Awards too. Music composer Rob Bowman, um, and uh, and you know, like he talked. We we talked about the structure and how pop structures are, and how they can control in a sense, and how they elicit a certain type of 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 uh, of you know control and hook over the listener, right? Yeah. See, well, that's the thing. <clears throat> to me, uh, pop music, like I. I'm not generally a pop music guy. I don't, it's not my go-to. I can enjoy it at the same time. structure. Yeah, it's the structure of it that like just grabs people, right? So the song I sent you, right? The song that my band just kind of were like 95% finished, 99%, you know what I mean? Like that song there. What would you consider that? 10 fucking times and I fucking love it. Uh, Right. Is it's it's not really a progressive yeah. song. Our older stuff is way more progressive. It's would you consider it a pop song? More that more so than anything on uh, Order Up Ko. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was written um, with a bit more of trying to kind of bring it like an '80s anthem, pop rock anthem, basically, but still with you know a uh, uh, guitars tuned down to to drop c there's still kind of like a, a driving kind of heaviness to, to aspects of it to kind of you know uh, give it that element but ultimately even structurally it's a very basic super basic structure it's basic structure but with nice progressive elements within it 
contained within it, yeah. Which, if you notice, yeah. is kind of what Muse is doing now. The last two or three Muse albums, if you're really kind of like, other than a couple songs where they kind of go a little all over the place, um, but they, they, they're kind of honing into a really good kind of balance between progressive pop, you know, <laughs> progressive pop rock. It's really yeah. interesting. And I really like that that style. I, I like it too. Uh, I, I I go way back to Muse, like, uh, like on Origin Origin of Symmetry and all that shit. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So do I. So uh, do I. Amazing, and I, it's just amazing to watch bands grow. Uh, even uh, the band Ghost, I love Ghost. I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, I've seen a few videos. I've heard a few songs. I've heard that song. Uh, how's it go? Um, Jeez, the one that, that references Freemasonry, something Hammer. Uh Square Hammer. Square Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, freaking great song. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. They went from yeah. like fucking dramatic, like Transylvania Castle oh, fucking yeah. Dracula music to like more progressive, and then they went to poppy, pop rock. And they're still wearing, they've still got all the fucking, um, the satanic Pope uh, robes yeah. on. And I saw them live once. It's fucking amazing. Um, yeah. But it's like a, a satanic cathedral backdrop. And then he, the band starts playing and then he comes out in his fucking, the, the crown, the, the miter on his for on his head That's with right. the upside down cross. And like, I'd rather have, a band just be blatantly satanic than just hide it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet because I, I don't know the name of the guy. I forget his name. Uh, Tobias Forge. That's it. Um, I don't know much about him, but there's something about how he presents it that I don't think he's being satanic. I think he's being no. satirical. No, yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about it. It's like, but yeah. at the same time, he is definitely exposing how evil the fucking church is. That's exactly what I'm saying. In the sense what I love he's him. doing he's doing God's work in the sense by, by satirically exposing and he he's um, taking yeah. the occult. The, he's taking the occult and using it to his advantage, but he's also using it to expose the evil. And yep. fucking great fucking music in the process. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it, man. I've heard uh, yeah, really good performance. Like I've seen the, from what I've seen, like a great performance, fantastic, oh, great on, voice, dude. They, great voice. Dude, they have fucking keyboard solos that fucking sound like guitar solos. You know, like Dream Theater. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, his voice is angelic. And if you go back, uh, you can find his other material in previous bands. And it's amazing, too. It's just amazing to see how they went from from point A to point B. And it's... Uh, and it's I mostly mean, him, though, isn't it, though, right? Like, doesn't he compose most of it or it, something like that? And he just hires it, a band? Exactly. And he actually yeah. had to fire the whole fucking band at one That's point. Right. Because they wanted too much that they... they uh, he signed an agreement with them. And they wanted more. And he's like, no, no, you're not getting it. Right. And they went through court, a court battle and shit. And he fired them all and they got nothing. And <laughs> he got well, what at they least, agreed. At upon. least he didn't set any of them on fire. 
<laughs> or, right. or, or, or or throw like large heavy objects at them or worse. right yeah, yeah it, like, well, like somebody else that we're aware of <laughs> he st- he stood his ground yeah and he hired a new band and they're still fucking going and this guy's like a machine dude i love it he tours co- fucking non-stop yeah that's cool that was the one thing we didn't do enough of. We didn't really do enough. We didn't play enough shows outside of Ontario or Quebec. Really? It? Oh, but, uh, oh. So, sorry, audience. I hope you enjoy this show, but we're just going off on tangents. Um, but uh, Brad told me that you were involved with uh, Matthew Von Wagner. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew yeah. Von Wagner produced and engineered Ornolab Kale. And he also was in our band. He was our drummer for a certain period. That's crazy because I was I loved the Alpha, Alpha Galati's album. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Brad was telling me about that, and I was like, "Holy fuck, dude!" And he showed me um, most non heinous. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a great project. So. Message to the cartel. Message to the cartel out there. Just look into every band we're talking about. You'll, you know, dive in. Yeah. You know, Alpha Galati's was one of the greatest tragedies, um, and not just because Matt passed away, um, but because, um, but because they were such an amazing band, and they were supposed to be like the Canadian tool. You know, like that was there was a major bidding war for them and like you know i was very 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 close to matt so uh you know matt went through his stuff him and his girlfriend and um i was there to kind of take care of them during uh, an interesting time um i don't want to get too much into his his private you know business but um but i i saw them at a very very vulnerable state for a good two weeks and i had to take care of them uh, because i was one of the only few people that you know that was there for them at that time. Um, wow. I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot. And I think the big, one of the biggest things was, was the failure of that band um, really was a huge travesty because the amount of talent that Matt had, and not just Matt, like Todd Lefevre, like the, the whole band was, was, the whole was band fantastic. Was just I, amazing musicianship. Like watching Matt in the early days drum and sing without missing a beat, a note, nothing, a breath. Like th- this band was a machine and they've got, and, and the craziness of the whole situation is why they didn't explode when they should have is because they were on the cusp of of being um, the desi- getting designated by Edge One Hundred Two as as the the next big thing, right? They had like the next big thing or whatever promotion thing they were doing with, for bands, and and instead of and they, they were supposed to win it, and at the last second, um, a band that Matt basically produced and heavily influenced, in my opinion, um, their sound at the beginning was USS. Right, they ended uh, up yeah. getting that designation, and then they exploded, and then from there it was kind of like uh, the, the and this was bef- happened just before um, a stimulus for reason by Alpha Galatis was released, right, and and it it knocked the the wind out of their sails, right, it, it, and uh, l- quite literally, 
um, because, you know, they didn't sell hardly anything, which is fine. My band didn't sell shit all. Um, but we also weren't on, on a, on, you know, on a major label touring, you know, rock, playing at Rock AM ring either. But, um, but to me, it was a major, I don't know what happened, but I think the label too, in my opinion, totally screwed them over in a sense as well. So like there was so much that happened that, um, and, uh, you know, as a lesson to a lot of people, um, you got to make good decisions with your opportunities too, right? Like, unfortunately, they didn't necessarily make all the right decisions, just like I didn't make all the right decisions with my band. You know, if I made better decisions, who knows where, where we would have gone, right? Who knows? Um, right. But it's so interesting in such such a... Um, um, probably something that happens way more often than not, right, is is such amazing talent never gets realized on that big stage. Like so many super talented artists that we never hear about, right. That we don't know. Yeah. Somebody told me, I think it was either today or yeah, it was today. Uh, Him and I were talking and I was like, he was like, dude, there's so there's like millions of people that don't get recognized. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like it's so, it's such a fucking travesty to me that like I could like think outside of the box and, and dig deep into the crates and find these amazing fucking artists, but they'll never get fucking recognized. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't fucking, uh, uh, you know, sell their soul or sign a contract with whoever, you know, but there's millions upon millions of people who are so fucking this... talented and not yeah. consciousness. Yeah, I, th- I think there's two major factors involved. I think that um, how people consume music has changed and has influenced, has it definitely influenced that, and and also um, in, in a negative way. And then you have the, the positive aspect of the fact that now, because of the internet and distribution, we become our own distributors. And, and although we don't get that upfront cash infusion that major labels provide, we're also not trapped with the same type of, you know, being indebted to that label. We can still put music out. And of course it's shifted to, you know, independent bands generally making their money mostly from merch sales and touring, right. As opposed to selling units. So if we could somehow reintroduce the commercial side in for like a successful commercial side to independent music with the, the distribution technology that we have today, I think we can, I think because the industry is really suffering and obviously a lot of that is because of the shutdowns and the problems with playing gigs in different parts of the world. And so you're going to have that, but like with, with before COVID, this was already an issue, right? Um, We, I think we need to get rid of major labels and I think it's already pretty much, going to be a thing of like more or less there's just so many artists now that that have gone independent and they can sustain themselves doing so and there's uh i think if we can if society if people could somehow uh get back to maybe like putting in like putting a bit more money into their consumption um and and contributing to the artists that they like like i i still really loved buying cds up until i got my Dude. i just got a new car and up until then uh because my my car doesn't have a cd player but 
but up until now, like I've always, like, I've bought CDs. Like I liked having the CD. Like I liked, dude, I miss lining up at HMV, at Sunrise, at back in the day downtown at Tower, and and um, and waiting for the release of an album. You know, and, I'm telling and, you, man. I there's nothing better than having that physical fucking CD from your favorite artist in your hands. That's right. You can and smell opening, it. You can o- touch yeah, it. opening it up and fucking smelling the new uh, ah, and reading the lyrics and yeah. everything. And like, and for me, I was a huge CD collector. And uh, breaking up with my ex, I had to put everything in storage and it got busted into and stolen. And I was so heartbroken, man. All my fucking vinyl albums that I had when I was a toddler gone. My CD collection. Sentimental value. just Yeah, dude. It's just like, it was like really hard to shake that off. But at the same time, like I was going, I'm being the, you know, quote-unquote spiritual person that I am, I'm like, okay, it had to happen for a reason and it's gone now, so do what you got to do. And I I still buy a CD here and there, but uh, I, I'm not going to, uh, um, you know, get that big collection going again. You know what I mean? I can't do it anymore. Uh, I'm, all, I'm a digital guy now. Yeah. And you know what? I had to become one. Um, even when I moved, like, uh, there was just no space for like all these boxes of CDs. And it's just like, you know, uh, the occasional stuff I kept like maybe, I don't know, 30 CDs and the rest was kind of like, just donated them, you know, like, yeah, that was it. And, um, there's Spotify, there's whatever. It's, it's never the same, but at the same time, it's like, I understand. And we can still... Listen, man, we can still enjoy digital music. I love the subscription idea for stuff. Like maybe bands, people got to subscribe and donate maybe to monthly subscriptions to to some some sort of service. Like a few years ago, a a friend of mine and I had an idea of creating like a a co-op label. And um, so it would be kind of like a a subscription service that, you know, you could still sell merch off of uh, and, and CDs but also put out videos and downloads and, and your fans would just have to pay a very small monthly fee just to kind of like be a part of that. Right. And all the exclusive content would go there be centralized on a label. Of course, like on a, a label website, so to speak. And then yeah, that would branch off to you know, becoming like link trees for all the bands or whatever as well. Right. Sure. That would have been fun to do that. But I think something like that, like I know I know Spotify and, and whatever kind of fills that market, but at the same time, I don't know. I would probably still prefer if, if it was a bit more, you know, um, physical. Yeah, yeah, or just the proceeds and, and the support, the money go, going to the, um, to the, um, yeah, for like sure. Patreon, whatever. But like, you know, we see so many people that are, you know, whether they're, whatever it is that they do and they have their Patreon accounts, if, if they don't, if they're not woke, you know, they're getting censored and, and pulled off oh, as well. Right. PayPal as well. So that's the most horrible thing. Even when it comes to video games, dude, Yeah, like I'm a huge gamer. And it's like, 
you're seeing all these things in gaming now where it's like it's all woke shit and people are like just bashing it because the game is good, but they put up put in all this fucking <clears throat> you know like woke uh, storylines and shit or like yeah. characters in the game. It's like I don't want to see this shit. This is bullshit. Yeah. You're just putting it in there just so you can fucking be PC or politically correct. And you know the the crazy thing about that whole thing is that the majority of people are not really even into it. Like they don't give a shit. No, it's like they're they're only appealing to a a a small, extremely loud minority. Yeah, I just think it's it's like I think a lot of the political correctness is hindering a lot of people's creativity, you know? Absolutely, especially like comedy. Like, oh, for sure, dude. 100%. Like, look at, like, people are getting <clears throat> threatened on the fucking day-to-day basis about, you know, getting cancelled. And, like, you gotta, like, what? You gotta, you, you can't be free anymore. You can't speak your mind because you you're getting scared of being cancelled? Yeah, it's, That's it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's like most of the people that are offended by all this fucking nonsense are mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 insane, man. I, I can't even like <sighs> I I I really feel for the people who are trying to get their uh, shit out there and you know, even myself, like, I don't know if I'm going to ever, um, you know, quote unquote, make it in the podcasting game, but I'm doing it anyway, because I feel still, I, I feel still feel like I have a, a voice and I can speak it out without getting canceled, you know? Well, that's the thing, right? You get canceled when your voice has been amplified and people are taking notice. And yeah. generally it's when chances are you're saying something, you're like, you're on target. You know what I mean? Like it's actually rare that someone is saying something that's, you know, at all worthy of even censorship. Cause for the most right. part, I don't think you really should censor anything. Um, but um, certain things, okay. Inciting violence. I understand to some degree. Um, but at this stage, anyway, you can say whatever you want. Now, hey, once if you get super popular and powerful enough, you can probably still say whatever you want, right? As long as you're you're willing to deal with whatever backlash. And chances are, it's like you know what? If if you're that popular and whatever, who cares, right? Yeah. As long as you're packing heat, you're good. <clears throat> it just. Uh, it, it... It raises red flags for me when somebody gets up there and then they kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, backstep on their own narrative. You know what I mean? Oh, like Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing mean? a lot of good work right now, I have to say. But, but, yeah. but disappointed still. Some of the uh, yeah, like, I'm very disappointed. He's backtracked on Mark. I'm not, I don't listen to him anymore. Like, uh, I, I just, you know, anybody who like sa- will sacrifice their integrity to me, that is selling your soul, you know? Yep. Yeah. 
who knows, man? Like, who knows? Who knows if someone patted him on the shoulder and said, hey, bro, we're going to need you for a, a, a better purpose coming soon. You want to kind of chill out a bit and, and you know, make yourself a little bit less, uh, I don't know how to say, um, a little bit less red pilly. And and, sure. and and save it for later. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Yeah. Sometimes I want I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but because um, like he's had some fantastic shows and some you know fantastic guests that do bring up stuff that definitely uh, the establishment doesn't like right now. Yeah, um, and I'm sure. He's especially the whole COVID narrative. Yeah, and I'm sure he's definitely inspired other people to do their own thing. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is great. That's. That's what it's all about, man. Hey, maybe sometimes you just get a little controversy. To look, look what you know. Pretty much exploded Jordan Pearson. For the most part, he was a pretty obscure professor, or like you know, professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. And uh, yeah, it just came getting in the news, standing his ground due to encroaching cultural Marxism and wokeism at universities, and that was it. Right? Boom. And we were able, the world got to meet Jordan Peterson. That's what it's all about, man. And he got you know? really rich in the process and had to push yeah. through the demons of personal problems and all these other health issues with his wife and himself and all this other his daughter, right? Which, you know. And she's a huge podcaster herself now. Yeah. She's, she's going around up. doing debates. Fuck it. Uh, uh, do you know who Ben, ben Bankus is? Ooh, that sounds very familiar. He's a comedian, Canadian comedian. He's from Toronto. Okay. But he does a lot of uh, woke political comedy, right? Like, fucking hilarious. I got to study some videos. Anyway. So he's he's satirical to... about it? Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. funny, dude. He's so funny. I'm trying to get him on my show. He's like, yeah, dude, make it work. And then I fucking send him a message. Oh, I could do this, 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 this date. And he's like, this get back to me, right? Whatever. Ben Beckus, if you're listening to this. I'm still here. Um, but yeah, he, he did a show. He's a comedian, right? So he did stand yeah. up. Have you heard of Jay uh, Brown? No. Jay Brown? No. But he had uh, um, Jordan Peterson's daughter at one of his shows and oh, they hooked cool. up. And yeah, it was cool, man. <clears throat> I even hooked him up with one of my buddies who's, who's doing stand up and they got connected. So I'm glad for that too. Um, That's very cool. Yeah, dude, it's all about networking. I think life is all about networking and just vibing with people and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yep. <clears throat> I, I love it. And especially now what I'm doing with this, it's like, I just want people's voices to be heard. Like, I don't feel like anything that I'm doing is a competition. I'm trying to promote other people's podcasts and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. want other people to, to get their voices heard, man, because this is what it's all about. You got, You have a voice, use it. You know, I encourage people all the time. If you have a voice, use it. Be creative, man. Like, I just love it. And you with your music, dude, dude, the fucking, that song that you did is so good, man. Did you get your whole band in on no, that? That's, okay, so that song is predominantly me and Jake Hamilton. Um, okay. Matthias has been really busy lately with, with stuff, and uh, he wasn't as involved. But he's involved in the writing of, of other couple other songs that we have kind of shelved. And 
that's where we started kind of filler with that tune and just something about it kind of it, it morphed its way into like hey this is what we're going to focus on right now and which with timing was really good because because wasn't as involved in the initial stages of rock that song um we could get it done he gets his shit together nothing wrong he's just really busy with work um but come the new year he's gonna his his work situation changes and he's got a lot of time off and um and he's gonna be good to go so we can now kind of go back to the three or four songs that we have on deck right those recorded because for the most part, we've got like three or four songs that are like, I'd say about 60%, 50%, kind of like the structure is kind of there and, you know, main parts, you know, hooks are kind of there, but we just got to fill in the rest and finish lyrics, right? And then record them. So, uh, so yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm hoping to get half the stuff out in as a full kind of EP in the fall, but we're going to drip stuff out like song for song. Um, no, but, well, you're uh, going yeah. to do the, uh, uh, the, like the, how Spotify does it now, or most artists do it on Spotify. That's they, right. It makes sense. They, uh, here's a song. Here's another song a month later. That's right. Oh, by the way. Oh, look, here's the album. That's right. That, right. Yeah. All to, like one cohesive kind of unit, if you'd like. Right. Yeah, and then and then release videos along the way. Like so, we've got a, a lyric video that we're in the process of finalizing as well for the song, and cool. that's going to go out and kind of be one of the first things that goes out. And then, and uh, yeah, I dude, it's so good. Like I've listened to it like so many times, and like I cranked it in my car. I played it for a buddy of mine. Oh fuck yeah! Is it loud enough? In the <laughs> car, it's the car's the best. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my number one favorite um, listening thing. Yeah, mixes. If I want to listen to them and judge a mix, we're working on we're producing um, even, in uh, the car and earphones. Yeah, dude. Even even James Hetfield says we got you got to do the car test. Yeah, the car test is right. Absolutely. If you absolutely. can get something to sound half decent on the sh- on the worst speakers too. Uh, that's another good thing. Find the absolute worst system of sound you have available to you. And try <laughs> to play it off of that, because then that that kind of tells you, okay, so this is what's not coming through, right? And, and it does exploit, um, in my experience, it does exploit whatever weaknesses mixed. And then you go back and you can make some tweaks. Sometimes you don't fix it because it's the, the all depends. Ninety percent of thing right now is people listen to music in earphones and earbuds right so yeah. and the yeah. headphones so if you can get it to sound generally good in earphones and headphones for the most part because that's 90 percent, or maybe that's a little higher but but the predominant amount of consumption is um is done that way right um but yeah dude that's one song it's just it also i just wanted to make sure that that song was very kind of capturing the moment that we're in where we need to go in the next little bit. Um, I'm going to touch on some other stuff and then the other two or three songs that we have on the go. One of them, I'm going to rewrite the lyrics completely and completely change the the theme of the song um, because I feel like, you know, it was just an old idea. You know, sometimes you got to change. We've got songs half written going back, you know, like six, seven, 
that just never yeah. ended up getting finished. And, and you're, you're, right now we're kind of like a fresh look. We need a fresh kind of a fresh face on this stuff now. Uh, within the uh, zeitgeist, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And even style-wise. You know, like we're going to move to a little bit more 80s uh, vibe. Uh, we're going to you kind of like, you know, I don't know with that, but still have a bit of progressiveness. Um, but I, you know, I don't necessarily want to go on songs that have crazy long instrumentation. We're still going to have a song or two like that, I'm sure, at some point. Um, but definitely not, you know, progressive style that you get on Order Up Camp. Yeah, uh, kind of more like Abacab, right? Yeah, like if you listen to the first uh, first four few tracks, so um, The Machine Stops, Sue Me, uh, and then maybe even um, I would say skip Polar Rose, because Polar Rose is definitely a lot more progressive. Um, and Sigma, like even Order Up KO itself, like those are a little bit more structured in a way that a little bit more simple structures but still utilizing aspects of of progressive rock kind of it or or um you know touches of it anyway but still format that's 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 a little bit more um, i guess uh, standard standardized structure really yeah I, I would say standardized more for the uh pop consumer yeah, 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 and for the catchiness, like you know, dude, this is something I'm no you, man. I'm fucking. Your lyrics are repeating in my head now with that song. It's like, oh, fuck, digital well, soldiers, digital soldiers unite to slay demons. Like fuck, that gives me yeah. fucking goosebumps every fucking wake up, time. Wake up the sleep. Wake, side. wake up sleepers. Yeah, transform darkness to light. Right. Nothing can stop what's coming. Digital soldiers unite to slay demons of lies. That's amazing. Nothing can stop can what's stop. coming. Fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wake you... up the sleeper inside. Transform darkness to light. Oh, yeah. It's a fun song to sing, too. It's great. I love it. Would you like me to put it into the show? At oh. the end? Whatever, feel it, feel it out if you want to. Sure, it's it's a I mean, the, the mix isn't going to change I'm, too much. It's not a big deal if you want to pop it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. there's no like trademark on it or anything that'll prevent me from doing so. But right, I'd like cool. to get there, and yeah, I'll yeah. Because sure. that file, because like in the format that you put out, is it downloadable? Uh, like like can people download it if they yeah. listen to it? I, no. Yeah. No, it's only streamable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's fine. That's fine. I don't want it downloadable. Uh, more so because that master uh, isn't a file itself, isn't um, mastered. Um, like it's not the 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 band name and the song. The information is etched into the file. Like it's not um, written in. Yeah. No. No. They won't be able to do that. Um, yeah. No. That 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 we have to do. Uh, when we master so we bounce out the absolute final master um then that's going to have it kind of built into the file so if you were to analyze the data on the file that that would come up it's like when you 
put a file, you call it up and whatever player you're listening to it, it it's, you know, um, cause if you look at the file I sent you, it's the name of the song looking glass and then in parentheses, What's the two cues? um, yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the NC, uh, S W I C nothing can stop what is coming. Um, in brackets there um and it's and then i there's like a dash whatever and then the name of the band right and then if you sometimes you'll see it'll come up but under that and it'll say unknown right because normally you'll yeah. have the name of the song and then the actual artist or or you know the whatever it is that will be in the place of where it says unknown because it's it is like permanently extra to the file right whereas the file as is you can just rename the file whatever you want but anyway, yeah, Matt, throw it up if you'd like. Who knows? If people like it, then, you know, we're on to something and, and we'll get the video done faster. And my biggest issue right now is is I need to get control of the artist profile of our band off Spotify. Um, because when okay. our album, Kale, came out, I was on Magna Carta. That's right. It was done by the label. Um, I've contacted Spotify. I just basically need to show them proof um, of um ownership of our other social media and that that and a couple other hoops i'm sure i gotta if i remember and then i should have access to being uploads you know stuff to new songs and, and whatnot um so when that's good to go that's when i know that's good to go um and possibly even the whole apple music itunes thing um as well um then i think we're going to set an actual release date for when it's going to go up there and then we'll throw the uh, the video up sooner to the actual date um, of when the song itself is going to be released to you know on Spotify or or, or whatever, um, just to kind of to kind of give it a little bit of a promotion beforehand. But it's going to be tough, man, because dude, my band's been on a hiatus for years. Like you go look at our look at our social media, um, it's been dormant it's like, for years. Yeah, dormant. Yeah. Right. And even still, we used to have the Android meme.com and uh, right. I had to rebuy um, the, um, the domains and stuff too. Right. Like, yeah, and try to get a new website built, but right, I mean, websites now are pretty, pretty straightforward for the most part. They're like, you know, kind of like sales funnels anyway, for if you really think about how they're structured. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm actually really, really excited because, it's like I've been trying to get this thing back up and going for the last two or three years. And um, at first I really thought this whole COVID thing was kind of going to put the nail in the coffin, <laughs> so right. to speak. But then at the same time, it's kind of inspired me and kind of gave me this sense of like, you know what, man, what the hell? Let's give like it a, another like go. A, like a fighting spirit. That's right. Let's give it another go. Let's put out some yeah. stuff that we want to new stuff and let's see where where it goes without the same stress and and like the stress that you know and i put on myself years ago when this was supposed to be, you know and trying to make it big and getting signed to magna carta and, and they're a huge major label uh it's not like it was uh, uh emi canada like you know and, and alpha galati's got signed to uh, actually that their deal in 2008 was the largest, the biggest deal of any Canadian major label at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, sorry. 
I had to Dude, go back I, to them. I think I bought it, and it's it's like, man, they were so awesome. Magna, the, uh, Magna Carta brings me back to Ghost because uh, were they Tobias, on Magna Carta? No, no, they Tobias Forge was in a band before Ghost called oh. Magna Carta Cartel, oh. which brings me. Oh, it probably had an influence on my name. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. <laughs> They're really was he light. always a vocalist for these bands, or did he do other stuff in other bands? In other stuff as well. Oh, that's cool. I think he played guitar for Magna Carta Cartel. Oh, okay, but yeah, you should check them out. They're fucking awesome. I'm actually a like, shitty musician, truth be told. But you know, whatever. Oh no, man, I'm more of like a producer <laughs> performer type anyway. Like I'm not going to sit there. Like I'm not a great instrumentalist at all. Um, more sit there. Put more basic- pictures out there. Put more pictures out there of Android me, man. I'm gonna fucking promote you, man. I gotta, yeah. All right. Yeah. I gotta go through some older stuff, and, and we're working on 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 like yeah, a new. We kind of got that little preliminary, new little glitchy logo, um, the black and white one, and I'm we're working on redoing our Triscoll because that was like our main logo was the Triscoll, um, stylized Triscoll that we had. And so yeah. I'm even trying to refine the old vector files that we had so that we could get new stuff photoshopped and, and put together. But yeah, man, I'll see what I, can, what I can whip up. You'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah. Fuck. You're yeah, the, I'll put out, you know, I'm going to put out a the... couple pictures of like our first ever show. Like back when literally it was like me, the original founding member, Chris, and um, we never um, not appear on Orweb KO. He played guitar on our, our EP, which I still got to find a copy to give you. But I'm popping a heart. Uh, I would love that, man. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll put out a picture from our first ever show. Cool. I'll do that yeah, like tomorrow said, morning. I, I sent you a, uh, a comment on one of your pictures of like drip feeding the band photo. Yes. The emergency. Right, yeah, that's right. I, I got you, man. Fucking nice. awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, man. I think we'll wrap it up now. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually yep. going to work tomorrow. I'm surprised. Yeah, I figured. I figured. So, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, but awesome. uh, yeah, I'll definitely uh promo you in the uh outro or intro or whatever outro probably. But uh, yeah, uh. Thank you so much for fucking coming on again, man. And we still got to do dinner. Yes, yes. I got to invite you over. (laughs) Cool, man. Anytime. It's great. Yeah, we'll get it done. My friend. Have a good night. You too, bro. Peace. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Red Pill Cartel. Um, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, we kind of w- just went off on tangents all, all over the place, kind of, but we kind of focused more on music and, uh, I'm, I'm just glad that, uh, he got his voice out there because my platform is your podium. You know what I mean? Like you have a soapbox. Everybody has a voice. Uh, Stefano has a voice too and I wanted everybody to hear it and uh, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna post uh, his new song that's unreleased uh, so far 
uh, on this show, so you'll get first chance to hear it, and I think you should hear it because I feel that it is the theme song for The Great Awakening. <laughs> like, honestly, I've listened to it ten times. I, I, it's stuck in my head. It's definitely an earworm, and hopefully, hopefully it tickles your ear pussies, so... Yeah, dude, like, just uh, get it in ya and let me know what you think. Let Stefan know what you think. Uh, links are in the show notes. You know, uh, God bless you guys, and thank you so much for tuning in once again. And until next time, I will... Uh, uh, I'll be there, you know? I'll be there. I'll be there. You'll be there listening to me. And, uh, yeah, just let me know what your thoughts are, guys, because that's what it's all about. It's all about getting other people's voices out there. So peace out, guys. Much love. God bless y'all. Thank you.